The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What is going on, everybody? Welcome. Welcome, everybody, into the overreaction. Buffalo Sports Show brought to you by the market dominator on the Buffalo Rumblings Vodcast Network. I'm your host. I'm the voice of the overreaction Buffalo Sports Show. My name is Joe Miller, and I already know that a lot of you follow me on Twitter. But if you are not currently yet, as of yet, following me on Twitter, please do. You can find me there at Joe Miller Wired. Don't ask me about the handle. It was just something I picked back in 2009 when I got my Twitter handle. So, yeah, Joe Miller Wired. I wish I'd change it now. My fear is that if I change it, like did something cooler, like, you know, Jay, Jay Spence the King did Jay Spence the King. So if I changed it to like Joe Miller the Voice or something like that, that I'd lose my my blue check. I don't know what the rules are. I, I haven't read the fine print. I did sign up for Twitter Blue. So I pay $2.99 a month or something like that to be able to untweet something <laughs> i think is literally what i'm paying for on twitter but uh twitter uh lately has been an absolute crap show and you can insert the other word as you see fit uh as of about the last two months but uh but there is where you will find me most of the time i do have a facebook i do have an instagram not on them super duper often uh but yeah so welcome to the show uh, so welcome so to everybody that's either watching me live right now uh, or is listening to this in podcast form, you know, it was a beautiful weekend here in Buffalo, here in the, in the city of good neighbors. Absolutely fantastic weekend. Uh, thank you for finishing or starting your weekend or your week with me. As always, I've got a fun show for you. Uh, but as I said, thank you. Uh, and for those of you, I, I should say whether this podcast finds you around a cup of coffee at the gym with your AirPods in on the drive to work or watching me live right now on YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter. Let me just say one more time, welcome. Do me a favor, make sure whatever platform you are consuming this program on, you like and subscribe. So if you are watching me on uh, Twitter, hit the like button or retweet it for that matter. Uh, if you're watching live right now, if you are watching me on Facebook, please like it. And if you're watching me on YouTube, subscribe. So jump on there, hit the subscribe button, hit the little bell button. If you hit the bell button, you'll get notified every single time Buffalo Rumblings releases a video, whether it's my show, Sterl's show, 
uh, Spence's show, uh, Colt show, uh, Bruce Nolan show. There's a ton of, I'm going to miss somebody. I always do. But if you hit the bell, you'll get notified. But uh, we are also Super Chat Live. I tell you guys this every single week. I'm going to do my best to get through this show. It is a podcast. It's a live recording of a podcast. Um, if you want to get my attention, if you have a question, if you want to join the conversation, um, I don't pay a ton of attention to the actual comment section. So if you want to get my attention, please super chat me. You don't have to throw $50 in there. Just throw a buck in there. It, it shows up as a highlight and it just grabs my attention. But welcome, everybody. It's good to see everybody here. Uh, Jessica Tennis is in the room. Amanda Davey. Thomas Delaus is in the room. My sister, Jamie. What's up? Uh, it's not orange. It's red. My shirt is red. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> Little sister, four years younger than me. She's been in my life for 40-something years, 45 years, and she's still tormenting me. Scott Blakely's in the room. Karen Idzik's in the room. Dave Reed's in the room. Uh, and uh, as I said, Jessica. So it's so good to have uh, all of you guys here. Joe, have you decided which jersey Jessica asks uh, you will start the season with? Well, I've got the Diggs jersey, and I've got the Allen jersey. So I've got a Diggs red. I've got an Allen White. I have the Bajorquez Blue, which is going to be officially retired. And basically, I am in the market for and have not yet done so, which is fitting. Daniel Gowrich just joined us. Uh, it's fitting that I'm going to buy every member of my immediate family. So myself, my wife, Beth, my daughter, McKenna, who all of you are relatively familiar with, uh, my oldest, who is a Rabid Bills fan, and then my youngest daughter, Addison, we're all getting Von Miller jerseys. So basically, when your last name is Miller and you have a future Hall of Famer who is playing for your football team, it's a what they call, quote unquote, hashtag whatever, jersey for life. So I'm going to be buying my whole entire family Von Miller jerseys, 40s, uh, just because it's a jersey that I can wear for absolutely 1,000% forever uh jason taylor uh everybody keeps saying my shirt looks orange all right hang on a second let me see if i can fix this so if i do this there i don't know but that then it's like super bright red so it's not me the last time this happened people were like are you wearing a denver Broncos shirt so that's about the best i can do for all of you that are concerned about me wearing it says bills on it i don't know what more than you want for me than the fact that it says bills <laughs> It's interesting and curious that uh, Thomas is in the room because uh, as we get the show started, and I'm not going to keep you long for this this episode. Uh, two weeks ago, I had the awesome privilege of going on the Buffalo Late Night Podcast with Thomas DeLouse. And uh, basically, we were doing a roster projection with uh, myself. I think Kevin Masseri was there. Uh, Greg Thompson was there. Um, and we started with the offense just because trying to bite off the offense and the defense in one show was particularly going to be relatively difficult. So we did the offense first and tomorrow, Monday, uh, live. I don't know exactly what time if Thomas is still orange. Shut up, Jamie. Um, if, if Thomas wants to throw in there, what time tomorrow we're going to be going live, we're going to be doing the defense tomorrow. So myself, Kevin Masseri, uh, Greg Thompson and Thomas will be doing the defense, but I wanted to basically kind of get into that because when you talk about this defense, it's inc it's incredibly weird to me because we've got a number one defense in a lot of categories. This Buffalo Bills defense for the last several years has been good to great. Um, and what's funny about them being good to great is they haven't been good to great in other categories. But this, the defense is pretty well set, if you ask me, and I think you all would agree, at defensive back as well as linebacker. We kind of know who's in those positions, right? I mean, barring some crazy trade, uh, barring some holdout from a 
first team all pro, which we all Bills Mafia hopes does not happen. Uh, Brandon Bean, please get that done. Please get Jordan Poyer in the fold. Um, I know he's got one year left, but please do whatever you got to do to make that happen. Um, barring anything absolutely crazy, unforeseen, we know who the linebackers are on this football team. We know who the defensive backs are on this football team. But the defensive line is another story, right? The defensive line is 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 very much up in the air. It's a very, very interesting topic of conversation, and I wanted to talk about that in this show in preparation for the next show that I'm going to do, which is the Buffalo Late Night Podcast. And Thomas says that show is going to air live on YouTube, probably all the all the all the the known channels, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, uh, at 9:30 Eastern Standard Time tomorrow. So if you're not doing anything tomorrow after Sterling uh, Furrow is done with the intentional grounding show here on uh, Buffalo Rumblings, jump over to that one as we're going to talk more in depth about the defense and just basically do a roster projection. But this def- this defensive line is it's just basically an interesting conversation. And there's a lot of things that we have to consider and we have to wonder, are the Bills going to change some philosophies? Like we expect them to do what they have done the last several years, which we're going to talk a little bit about it probably a couple times. I'll hit it. I didn't think it's worked where they rotate their defensive linemen at 48 to 60%, depending on who the player is. And if I'm going to talk about that, I get the premise. I get the philosophy. I get whatever adjective that you want to throw in there why they're doing it i completely understand i just don't frankly think it works you know it, i played a lot of sports growing up whether it was in high school i played a little bit in college i played a lot after college after i got out whether it was you know weekend warrior you know slow pitch you know competitive softball leagues or fast pitch modified softball leagues uh I played a lot of volleyball after college and stuff like that it's just when you're getting subbed in or subbed out, or if you're only playing half the game, it's not the same feeling, right? As when you're in the game, when you're in the game and you're in the action and you are a big part of what's going on, there's a different, yes, you might get tired a little bit quicker. I get the premise behind. We want to save your best snaps for later in the game when we really, really need you, but it just doesn't seem to work. At least I don't feel like it has worked. And I I guess anybody could come back and be like, yeah, but Joe, they've been number one. They've been, you know, uh, whatchamacallit, number two, number three in certain ca- in certain categories, but they haven't been that in pass rush, like in sacks. They haven't been that in the run game. My girl, my, my, my sister is uh, still making fun of me. I coached the women's JV volleyball. I did not play girls volleyball, but thank you for, thank you for submitting that, that I coached in college. Um, now stop distracting me, little sister. Um, but for all intents and purposes, I, I just don't, I don't feel that it's worked as well as the staff had hoped and the management had hoped. And I don't feel it has worked as well as maybe we had maybe wanted it to. And I'll be honest with you. I just feel like, and I said, it's funny. Cause I said this after 2020, when star actually sat out, I felt like it's a luxury that they can just no longer afford. I don't. And they're doing it again this year. So they've stacked that defensive rotation with a lot of different players. And there's money there, not tons and tons of money outside of obviously Von Miller, six years, $120 million. But they're putting a lot of resources in that basket money that could be going to Jordan Poyer money that may need to go to Tremaine Edmonds money that may need to go to other players, Dawson Knox, 
And it will be wildly interesting to me if they continue to do that even after this year. So this year they do it again. They're, they're set up and ready to go at 48 to 60% of the snap counts, rotate these guys like crazy, quote unquote, keep them fresh. Hasn't worked in the past, spent all kinds of money in the past, hasn't been as successful as they've wanted it to be. We're set up to do it again this year. And next year, 2023, there's a lot of money to get paid out. Now, I know the, the salary cap's going to go up. So I know the cap's going up, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're not going to try to do this again. At some point, something's got to give. So we're going to talk a little bit about that and whether the, the new faces maybe make a change or help. Because there has been, excuse me, legitimate like mass turnover on this roster from defense from like the defensive line mass turnover on the roster when you when you think about what this defense has done it's 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 borderline i don't want to say unprecedented but it's not necessarily something that you see often this bills team was on defense number one number two in some categories they were a stout defensive unit altogether specifically in the pass and some other areas but even with that, they jettisoned Starla Tulele, Harrison Phillips, Vernon Butler, Mario Addison, Jerry Hughes, Justin Zimmer, all gone. That's a big list of names. Those are some bona fide Bills players in there, guys that have been in this jersey. These aren't like one-off guys. Jerry Hughes, most tenured Buffalo Bill that was on this team. Latulale, who had been here for three or four years. Harrison Phillips, who was drafted by the Bills. Zimmer, who was a fan favorite because he's all heart. That's a big list of guys, six guys, right? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven guys that they basically, I don't want to say cast off the roster, but allowed to walk or allowed to go to other teams. Keeping in mind again, and I've said it several times, and there's a ringing theme here. The Bills were the number one defense in the league in 2021. Points against. They were the number one scoring defense in the league. And they were number one defense in the league in, in other areas too, pass defense, things like that. 12, it was double digits. So that literally puts your opponents in a situation when your offense is firing and succeeding and doing as well as that offense has had been doing last year. And over the last couple of years, it puts the other team on their heels to where they're out of what they want to do. Their game plan is basically shot. It's gone. And it puts them in a press mode, which, may, which makes them take risks. You just don't see it. Like I said, it's it's just it's 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 not unprecedented. It's just not necessarily something you hear of all the time. And I think we can all agree that while there is there was some effectiveness in areas, we all want to see this defense be more dominant in critical times. And I think the staff felt that way as well which is literally why the changes that we saw happened. The truth be told, this was the change that we were all looking for last season, right? Legitimately. End of 2020. We were all sitting around. We were having these shows, my show, uh, the Humpty Hotline pick a show during the preseason, whatever. Everybody was talking about, there's no way Vernon Butler makes this football team for 2021. There's no way that, like, the Bills keep Mario Addison. They, they drafted Greg Rousseau. They drafted, <clears throat> excuse me, Boogie Basham. 
There's no way that these guys are sticking around. Starla Tulele is coming back. There's no way that that some of these other... <laughs> I wanted to use a derogatory term. Derogatory meaning just not great player, not derogatory meaning hateful. Um, some of these other guys that maybe weren't as good as some of the other guys. There's no way these guys are staying. I don't know. I, I, I'll be kind and say it that way, but they did. Vernon Butler at one point in time was, I don't remember who the, who the media analyst was, but basically came out and said that he just earned his paycheck. He basically stole his paycheck from the Buffalo Bills for whatever game it was that he had played because he didn't do practically anything. And when he was on the field, he was giving a half effort. He was also scratched, a healthy scratch for seven games out of the year. Why is that guy on your roster? You can't find anybody better. So a lot of the changes that I think we were expecting to see happen after 2020, coming into 2021 last year, we literally now are seeing happen this year. The Bills jettisoned seven players, they add four. And what's weird about the four that they added, two of them, they actually added five, two of them, sorry, my math is wrong. Two of the players that they added are the Bills reaching back to what worked kind of before in 2019 in Jordan Phillips and Shaq Lawson. So the players that the Bills added this year that I'm actually excited about, Tim Settle, Daquan Jones, Jordan Phillips, Shaq Lawson, and clearly Vaughn Miller. Interesting point of note, side fact. <laughs> Vaughn Miller, who ESPN on their website for the Bills has listed as a linebacker for the Bills, despite, despite noting the Buffalo Bills play in a 4-3 defense. <laughs> Figure that one out. Dude, ESPN is detached from reality. I don't even know how people watch it anymore. I haven't purposefully, um, intentionally turned on ESPN outside of looking for uh, the Monday night football game or golf. Other than those two things, I have not intentionally scrolled through the guide and been like, oh, ESPN, I know what number it is, 206 on DirecTV, but I've never, I've never once just like, I'll pop on certain channels, Discovery 278, just to see what's on. I'll pop on, right? Just I never do that with ESPN ever, ever. Totally rabbit trailing. And then not only is there ESPN, there's ESPN2, ESPN whatever, all the way down to the Ocho, and I know that's funny. And now they're putting stuff on ESPN Plus, like the Sabres games, and they want you to pay extra for it. I'm like, I'm out. I don't want to watch ESPN. I'm not paying extra for ESPN Plus. People are like, yeah, but Joe, if you've got direct to, or if you've got Disney, I think it's Disney, you get it for free. I'm not downloading it. <laughs> like, I don't watch ESPN. Why would I watch ESPN Plus? Stop putting the Sabres and the things that I want to watch on your... Never mind. Rabbit trail. Rabbit trail. Sorry. I apologize. I digress. So getting back to the point, as I'm working through my notes, my outline. The question that we've got to ask ourselves when you look at these guys, Tim Settle, Daquan Jones, Jordan Phillips, Shaq Lawson, Von Miller which I did not pull up Von Miller. Two seconds for me as I pull up Von Miller. Because I'm going to give you some grades from PFF. And I don't have the subscription to PFF because I'm cheap. And frankly, I don't like PFF. There we go. Got it now. But we've got to ask ourselves: Is the, you know, will this defense have better success against the run but more importantly, in the pa in passing situations than last year or in the last couple of years. And when we look at kind of a comparison, you know, it's it's funny because it's easy to kind of figure 
like who's going to swap, right? So if you're going to trade, you're basically trading Harrison Phillips for Tim Settle. When you look at it, you're, you're trading Starla Tulele for Daquan Jones. You're trading Von Miller for Jerry Hughes. And I probably should pull up Jerry Hughes' PFF grade as well. So Jerry Hughes, who went to the Houston Texas, Texans, rather. Uh, two seconds, and I'll give you that. This is called Joe Miller being unprepared. Not at all. So Harrison, Harrison Phillips, and I don't have, again, all of the really cool grades because I'm not paying the money to PFF. I don't even like him. Uh, 2021, he had 33 solo tackles, 16 assists. That puts him tied for 26th, tied for 21st. He had one sack, tied for 79th. <laughs> Woo! His overall grade as a as a as a defensive lineman was a 77.4. This does not give me how many games he necessarily played. I'm sure that somebody else can find that if you're bored. Tim Settle, who is a younger version of him, graded out overall as a 70. He had nine solo tackles, three assists. Now, keep in mind, Tim Settle was playing behind some guys and was unable to basically get on the field in Washington last year. But as we kind of work through these players, and as I give you more stats here in a second, I want to give you some information just about the guys. That was just kind of a teaser. But as we look at them, and I don't have the information on Shaq Lawson, and I don't have the, the information on Jordan Phillips because I, quite frankly, don't think it's going to matter. And the reason that I don't think it's going to matter is because we all have fond memories of Jordan Phillips and Shaq Lawson on this football team. I will be honest with you, none of us really wanted to see them leave when Shaq went to the Dolphins and when Jordan went to the Cardinals. We've all got the picture of them at the Dallas football game, the Dallas Thanksgiving Day game when they were doing the the Zeke Elliott eat everybody is probably every member of Bill's mafia listening to you. If you're on Twitter has probably used that gif at one point or another. We've got to find from the day that Jordan Phillips became a Buffalo bill after being jettisoned by the dolphins. He was an instant energy plug. He was a spark plug and a fan favorite. There was a connection that was instantly made with Jordan Phillips, which is really incredible. I mean, I, I have vivid memories of in my mind of being at games and Jordan making a play or making a tackle and then, you know, waving his arms in the air, trying to get the crowd pumped up. That's who he was. He just brought energy. And the reality is, is what did this defensive line lack last year in 2021? NRG, energy. Big time lacked energy. And Shaq Lawson, frankly, if we're going to be honest, was a surprise to us when we drafted him because we drafted him as a 3-4 uh, defensive end or linebacker out of Clemson when the Bills had Rex Ryan and they were running a 3-4. And then we kind of got surprised when he sort of kind of fit in the 4-3 and had a good, like, run defense-like stat. He was rel relatively good. So all that to say this, I, I don't have that information because I think there's a nostalgia there for Bills fans, for Bills Mafia. We like Jordan Phillips. We like Shaq Lawson. We're excited to see these guys back in a jersey. So it's not really going to matter if I give you numbers or stats or what their grades are because – I'd be hard-pressed, I think, to find, like Jessica Tennis literally just put in here, I love Jordan Phillips. Amanda Davies said, I'm glad he's back. I know she's talking about one of those two guys. The reality is, is you're going to be hard-pressed to find a member of Bill's Mafia that isn't excited to see these guys back in Bill's uniforms. However, I would say this, I don't necessarily expect, and I think it's probably 
we probably shouldn't necessarily expect to see them be super productive this year or even next year, depending on how long they stick around either. Like they're going to be, in my opinion, depth players. I don't, I don't expect them to see, I, I think I would say it this way. I don't expect them to see, to see them be super effective or as effective as they were in their previous tenure. Primarily because Ed Oliver is no longer a rookie. The last time Jordan Phillips was here, he was a rookie. Primarily because, or secondarily, I should say, because of Greg Rousseau, because of Boogie Basham. There is still hope and excitement for AJ Epinesa. I'm not saying that they I'm not saying that they can't be productive or that they won't necessarily be productive. I'm just saying that it's probably unlikely in this situation. Regardless if the Bills roll them at 48% or if they don't. So if they allow Von Miller to play 80% of the snaps, which I'll be honest with you, I think he should, as well as Greg Rousseau. Make no mistake, the Buffalo Bills are going to give Greg Rousseau, AJ Epinesa, Boogie Basham every opportunity imaginable to emerge as the players that they hoped that they were going to get when they drafted those three which is going to, as I was inferring or saying a second ago, it's going to cut into the playing time for both of the aforementioned players. It's just going to. And when you break all of this down and you start looking at the players in general, you know, we know what we're getting with Vaughn Miller, right? Six years, $120 million. And the talk is heating up, you know, amongst the bills and around media circles that, you know, it's funny because there was there was a contrast. You know, we 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 all had sticker shock. I can show you the video. It's still on my phone when I recorded it. And you know, Von Miller has is is signing with the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, to a six year, hundred twenty million dollar contract. No, <laughs> like there is this immediate ebb and fl- like not ebb and flow, but there was an immediate like up and down even in the announcement because it's like that dude's old. What do you mean we're going to give him a six year a six year contract? And then like it started to trickle out that well it's really only a three year contract for fifty four million dollars, and ever since that's happened, it's gotten very fun to say, fun to announce, fun to I don't know what the word is report or talk about if you're if 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 you're a Bills media person, just about the fact that you know this guy might play six years. He's having conversations about guys like Bruce Smith that played late into his career. Bruce did it. Why can't I take good care of my body just like Bruce did? Von Miller is saying, I have every intention of playing this entire. Don't get me wrong. If Von Miller plays for six years as a Buffalo Bill and he plays at a high level, bring it on. I'm here for it if he's playing at a high level. But it's funny to me how much that conversation has shifted. He may play four, five years, six. Dude, I'm buying a Von Miller jersey. Play for six. (laughs) By the way, buying a blue, a blue Von Miller jersey. That's the color I'm getting. To replace my Bohorkas. And it's funny to be rabbit trail uh going backwards uh how many people think that i'm a big bajorca's fan it, the 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 folklore behind that bajorca's jersey is fun for me because there's people out there that legitimately think that i'm a punter fan that have no idea that i never liked cory bajorca's and that i lost a bet to jay spence the king had to buy the jersey and then it turned out to be good luck 
So if you're not familiar with the story, if you've just started listening to this program, whether in YouTube live formation or in podcast version, I have never been a Bohorquez fan. I actually am quite the opposite. However, I lost a bet to my best friend. And when I put it on, they started winning. They won eight games in a row in 2020. And then I don't remember what the number was in 2021. They won a bunch of games in a row as well when I put it on. The last game that I wore it to was the Kansas City Chiefs game. Hence the reason it's getting retired after they lost to the Chiefs the year before. Maybe that's, I just need to wear it and then switch it up for that game. Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm ADD, so I can I can get off on tangents and then come right back to it. But uh, we were talking about Vaughn Miller. We were talking about Vaughn Miller. The question is, when you're talking about rotation, as we're, as we're beginning to break the seal on the new defensive line guys, which is what this show is about, versus the old defensive line guys that we've jettisoned. When you begin to break the seal, you start with Vaughn Miller, and the question is, is how much is Vaughn going to play? I get he's not young. I get he takes care of his body. I get it that it's a defensive philosophy for this football team to rotate guys at 48 to 60%. 60 is a big number. Most guys see 48 to 54, I think is the number right around there. But Vaughn Miller has already stated that he expects to play a lot. He does not want to come off the football field. Vaughn has said verbally since signing with the Bills, I play better when I play a lot. I don't play better if I'm coming in and out. And I get it. Totally 100% get it. Do it w- would he see a value in playing less snaps? Does he buy into the idea that if I play less snaps, my legs will, will be fresher by week t- at week 10 or week 16 or in the playoffs? And I'll be more effective. I don't know if he buys into that or not. I don't know. They might try it early just to see. And then literally, like, in game deciding moments, have him on the field 100% of the time. I All that remains to be seen. All I can tell you is that this Buffalo Bills defense is going to be better, period, end of story, with Von Miller on the field than with him off of it in every situation. Does that philosophy even work? 48% of the snaps for Von Miller, 52%, 54%. Does it work for anybody? Does it work for any player? I guess if you've got 37-year-old dudes, 38-year-old dudes, but then I can argue even with older guys like Starla Tulele, it didn't really work. We'll look at his numbers here in a second. I just, I just haven't seen it produce the results that, I think that we were hoping we would get or the staff was hoping they would get from rotating guys like that. And these are questions that are going to need to be answered. But when you look at Von Miller, so Von Miller's grade, overall grade as a defender at his age, which he is uh, date of birth in 1989. So it's, it's 2022. Was he 33? Six foot three, 250 pounds. Ran a 4-4-2 in college. He's probably not running that now. 30 solo tackles, 7 assists, 9 sacks. His overall defensive grade is an 88.7. He clearly is an elite pass rusher. Jerry Hughes, who we all love, all love, is a year older than Vaughn. 
did not grade out bad. His grade per PFF was a 71.1. A lot of us have said it, and I still agree with it. I would have loved to have seen Jerry come back on a smaller number, a one-year deal, and play opposite Vaughn Miller. The problem is, is where does that put you with Greg Rousseau and A.J. Epinesa and Boogie? But you're probably cutting some of those guys, right? Right? Jessica brings up a good point. Thank you for the super chat, Jessica. She says, in her opinion, score is going to dictate how much Vaughn Miller will play. I agree. My, if, if I was a guessing or betting man, if the Bills are up by double digits, three possessions, so 17 points, more than likely, Vaughn's probably not going to be playing a whole lot. Get your young guys in there. But I don't know. I haven't, I'm going to be honest in at the same time and say that I haven't been a Vaughn Miller student. I haven't, he isn't, hasn't been one of my favorite players. I haven't watched a bunch of his games. The only time I've seen Vaughn Miller play is if he played against the Bills and or if he was on primetime football. And even if he was on primetime football, I wasn't charting how much he was playing. He might be a guy that wants to play when they're up three possessions. We'll see. But when you're talking about a trade-off between Vaughn Miller and Jerry Hughes, Vaughn Miller wins, right? Absolutely wins. So there were the other two additions, Daquan Jones and Tim Settle. Are they going to make a difference or the difference that we're expecting after replacing Harrison Phillips and Starr? Tim Settle, for those of you that have not been paying attention or who have not heard, I'll just give you a little background. Six foot three, 308 pounds. Fifth round draft pick out of, uh, by Washington in 2018. Still young guy. This is where it's important. He has played as a one technique and a run stuffer, but it's also he also has the burst and power to get a field on passing down, so he can and will slide in as a three technique at times or as needed. He also has played on the end. He's a well-rounded and versatile player. He's also played, surprisingly enough, the nose tackle position, so he is quite adept, physical, and able to play just about any position on the defensive line. And I'll be honest with you, if we're going to have a conversation between rotation percentage of snap-wise or rotation in position-wise, I'd rather see the Bills go with crazy people and crazy rotations and mismatches because when John Fiennes talked about it, John Fiennes says when you spend your entire week studying for the guy across from you and you expect it to be Greg Rousseau or AJ Epinesa, and you're in the film that whole week watching Greg Rousseau, AJ Epinesa, Greg Rousseau, AJ Epinesa, and you're basically in practice and walkthroughs, kind of, you know, the scout team's doing their thing to kind of pretend to be them. And then all of a sudden, Tim Settle rolls over there. You're like, uh, I didn't study that guy. I have no information. No information. So I prefer that crazy rotation over time played. Literally, like, confuse the crap out of the offensive lineman. We'll see. The Bills might do it. They're, they're, they're set up to do it across that defensive line. So, last thing on Tim Settle. He's got a great first step. He can clearly anchor, which is, you know, he's played one tech. So, he can clearly anchor when needed, and all that means is that he can suck up blockers. So, he can he's the guy that likes star. Can, can just basically anchor himself, take on two guys. We saw Star last year ta- take on three at times, specifically in the Miami Dolphins game. 
he is 100%, as we talked about, an, an upgrade over, and you hate to say it, Harrison Phillips. Harrison Phillips is an awesome dude. I love the man. I love Harrison Phillips, and I'm going to be rooting for him as a Minnesota Viking. His parents are awesome people, too. But Tim Settle, who grades out, you know, it's funny because his grade is not necessarily better than Harrison Phillips' grade. When you're looking at a 70 versus a 77. But when you consider the versatility, what he brings, and his ability to rush the passer, which is kind of something that Harrison Phillips didn't have the ability to do, not to mention Tim Settle didn't play a lot, you're you're going to give the nod to Tim Settle over Harrison. So for me, that's an upgrade. Daquan Jones, six foot four, 320 pounds, fourth round pick in 2014 by the Titans, I believe. He's a space eater. So literally, this is the guy, right? They're bringing in Daquan Jones to take the place of Starla Tulele. He's a space eater, true one tech guy, anchors very well. In 2019, among players with at least 200 defensive snaps, PFF rated Jones fourth, the fourth best overall uh, player on the defense on a defensive line, fifth against the run, fourth against the pass. A lot of us, and I have been in that position as well, have criticized Starla Tulele. I did after the 2020 season brightly see his value on that defensive line. And it showed up in 2020. But you still want more. Here's the problem. Daquan Jones is going to basically figure in much similar to the way that Starla Tulele did. He's not going to have a bunch of tackles. Even when I say that, though, Starla Tulele in 2021 had nine tackles, four assists. He did have three sacks. His grade was a 43.5. Daquan Jones had 23 tackles, right? So he had more tackles, 14 assists, one sack. One forced fumble. His grade is a 66.4. So he does grade out better than Star. Daquan Jones is a, is, is a durable football player. He's not been often injured. And he can be a backfield disruptor. When you look at the three for three, when you look at Harrison Phillips, right? When you look at Jerry Hughes, Starla Tulele, and you swap them out for Tim Settle, Daquan Jones, and Vaughn Miller, the Bills got better. They got better on the defensive line. But there's still that little bit of an enigma. There's still that little bit of a yeah, but in there, which I think is the problem. It's that rotational piece. It's how is the rotational piece going to treat the new players because it hasn't necessarily treated the older players or the old players well in my opinion i get it you know mcdermott is smarter than me brandon bean is smarter than me leslie frazier is smarter than me everybody is smarter than me that's that's employed by the buffalo bills they could sit here across from me if i was interviewing them right now and tell me why tell me why exactly why it makes way more sense to rotate these giant men at 48 percent and the premise and the philosophy behind being, you know, having energy and having juice left at the end of the game and juice left at the end of the season. And at the very same time, I would basically just give them stats and be like, it hasn't worked. I get it. 
I understand the philosophy. I understand what you're trying to do. I don't believe it works. And the funny thing is, is there's some things that look really, really good on paper. And this is why this is if we did this, this is going to be great. A lot of teams, a lot of times there's teams like that. They're called paper champions for a reason, because if this is my roster, who can beat me? And then you put them on the field and everybody beats them. Now that's not going to be this team. But my point is, is just because it sounds like a good idea, just because it looks like a good idea, sometimes it just doesn't come out in the wash. It'll be interesting to see, knowing what we know about 2022 going into 2023 with contract situations, if the Bills find this luxury still there or available to them to have 15 guys on the defensive line rotating at 48%. I just I just don't know that they can. Hopeful. We definitely need to get better. If this team is going to win a Super Bowl, they need to be better against the run. They need to be better pass rushing. But as I said a second ago, on paper, it seems as though the trade-out of the players for the Bills, it's it's a, it's an upgrade. It's it, it's You would be hard-pressed. And then you toss in Jordan Phillips, and you toss in Shaq Lawson, and there's a reason for us all to be excited, right? But they still have to play the games. They still have to play the games. And... It remains to be seen how Vaughn Miller, Daquan Jones, and Tim Settle are going to flesh out for this football team in real game situations. I'm just trying to give you something to think about. I want you to be excited because they have upgraded this defensive line. We should expect Greg Rousseau to be better. We should expect Boogie Basham to be better. We should expect AJ Epinesa to be. For all we know, there's a very good chance that this that this defensive line could almost be like running water. You turn the faucet on and they rotate at 48%, 52%, and legitimately they can't be stopped because every single leg that touches the field is fresh and the offensive line doesn't even know what's coming at them. Very possible. Very absolutely 1000% possible. I don't want to be I don't want to be like the downer guy that's like bringing everybody down. I'm just letting you know that for me, I haven't seen it. I haven't felt that it's proven itself. The philosophy has proven itself yet, but we'll see. And we're going to see soon. I'm excited. Very excited. Before I wrap this thing up, I want to send it off to our sponsor real quick. This show, as I told you, you were tuned into the overreaction Buffalo sports show brought to you by the market dominator. And here is a quick word from the man, the myth, the legend, my very good friend, John Spazcheck. Do me a favor. Take a listen. Hello, Buffalo football family. I am the market dominator, John Spascheck, and I am here as the proud sponsor of the Overreaction Podcast by my good friend, Joe Miller. And one of the reasons why I partner with Joe is because of excellence. He runs an outstanding podcast, and that is exactly our approach in real estate. We want to help you win just as our beloved team is out there winning week in and week out. So if you're looking to buy or sell in real estate, please reach out to us directly at 716-570-3298. And we will help you win in this competitive market. Go Bills. Go Bills. That is John Spascheck, my very good friend. I think I've told you guys. I used John when we bought this house that we're living in currently. That we're probably going to be in for a very long time because my interest rate is crazy low. <laughs> and interest rates are on the rise. 
But if you are in the market to change homes, to move, to move out of Buffalo, to move into Buffalo, to move within the, 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 the Western New York area, if you're just looking to get into a different house, different school district, do yourself a favor, do what I did and call John Spazcheck. John is awesome. He's a great dude, and his team will not let you down. Call him right away. His cell phone number, 716-570-3298. The number again, 716-570-3298. John is a good dude. Again, very good friend of mine. When you call him, tell him the voice sent you, and he'll immediately have some fun conversation about me <laughs> with you, as he has with several of my listeners that have called him, <laughs> which is funny. I think we shot a video one time. There was one guy that we we actually shot a video for, uh, like after the, the John represented him on the sale of his home and I think a purchase of another home. And, uh, John and I did a video, like a little cameo video. And then John sent it off to him. Just basically, I just thanked him for, for using John and for listening to the show. It was a lot of fun, but ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to let you guys out of here. We've been talking about the defensive line. Super, super excited. Thank you everybody that has joined me for this program. Uh, tomorrow, where are my notes? I, if I don't, if I don't look at the notes, I never know. So tomorrow, uh, Monday. So for those of you, those of you that are listening as a podcast, it would be today. Intentional grinding with Sterling Furrow is going to be live. I think at eight o'clock, uh, Eastern standard time on the YouTube network, uh, the, the, the Buffalo rumblings, YouTube network, code of conduct, code of conduct, man, with Jay Spencer King Wednesday. And I know I said last week was the return of the hump day hotline. And then the match happened. So we did not have it last week because of the match. Uh, this week, Jay Spence, the King, and myself will be returning on Wednesday for the Hump Day Hotline. We're very excited to be back. Uh, we've already got a bunch of stuff and ideas and content and stuff thrown around. Uh, Thursday, the Buffalo Nerd with Colt Schroeder. And then, as you know, Friday, Food for Thought with uh, Nate Geary and my guy, Bruce Nolan. But, ladies and gentlemen, you have been tuned into the Overreaction Buffalo Sports Show brought to you by the Market Dominator on the Buffalo Rumblings vodcast network i'm your host the voice of the overreactions uh, buffalo sports show you can find me on twitter as always at joe miller wire do me a favor jump over there uh throw me a follow and uh interact with me would love to have a chat with you but uh for me for my family that's upstairs making a lot of noise hopefully i don't know if you guys heard them or not for my little sister who's in the chat room making fun of me uh would love to see you guys live with me next week uh eight o'clock on sunday uh right here on youtube but uh for me for Buffalo Rumblings, for all my friends and family. I love you guys. Appreciate y'all. Go Bills.